The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Ketubot has been dedicated by our dear friend Mr. Elliot Shasho. Hashem Yishmineu Vehayehu. May the Zikrut of the Limud of Masechet Ketubot stand for him that he should have Be'ajat Hashem, Ashana Tovam Borechet, Osher Ve'osher Ve'chavod, Shalom Bayit, Ve'atzlacha Be'chol Ma'asei Yadav, and Be'ajat Hashem may he continue to be a supporter of Torah and all holy uh, projects. Amen. Today's daf is being studied Abraham ben Esther. Amen. Today's daf is being studied Yosef ben Sarah, ben Adel, Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Victor Gindi, for continued Hatzlacha in all his uh, endeavors, continued success, Biriut, health, happiness, and all good things. Amen. We begin today's daf on Mem Vav Amud Bet, and we are two lines from the bottom. Shtar Ubi'ah. We learned in the Mishnah that a father has a right to accept the Shtar of Kiddushin. Meaning he can marry off his daughter and he receives the shtar. And for that matter he also can give over his daughter to a man for bi'ah, for the kiddushin. Binalan, how do we know that the father has these rights? Amar kera bahayeta le'ish acher. The pasuk over there is talking about uh, of a lady that got divorced. The pasuk of yatsi'ah mebeto. She left one man's house. Bahalecha bahayeta le'ish acher. So the Gemara says, "Itkush havayot lahadadeh," which means all the ways that a lady is able to get married are compared to each other. Which is when it says "hayeta," hayeta this pasuk means she got kiddushin. She went and she got married. Now it doesn't tell us exactly how she got married. So that teaches us that what all the different ways of getting married are equal. The hayeta, however, she was hayeta. Either kesef shtar ubiah. So once already you know that Kesef the father keeps, so therefore I say, Shtarubiyah also the father has rights, because all the methods of Kedushin are equal to each other. Zakai bim we said in the Mishnah that a father also has rights to the Mitzi'ah, to the lost object, or to the found object that her, his daughter finds, he keeps it. So the Gemara says, why? Mishum eva, because of strife. What does that mean? As she says, Really, a father is not obligated to support his daughter. So after a certain age, he doesn't have to give a mezonot. And therefore, If you're going to say that she keeps the found objects, So he's going to come along and say, hey, Listen, I'm supporting, I'm feeding her, that I don't have to. She keeps the objects for herself. So in order to keep everything in peace, so we say, you know what? He'll continue to support her, no, he doesn't have to, but he knows he's getting the mitziah, he knows at least he's getting the uh, the objects. Comes again and says, Her work, which means the work of a girl goes to the father. How do you know that the work of a daughter goes to the father? The pasuk says, a person sells his daughter... <coughs> As a servant, so there's a connection between bito and ama. Ma ama ma'asiyah de'al Just like an ama 
the Maaseyadeh goes to the master, so to a daughter, so to a daughter, her work, the money goes to the father. And maybe the Gemara says, it's only a Ketana, because he has rights to sell a Ketana, so therefore you can make the connection to the Ahmad, just like he can sell a Ketana, so the Ketana is Maaseyadeh, they go to the father. But maybe in Ara, where the father does not have rights to sell her as an Amma, maybe the Maaseyadeh goes to her for herself. So the Gemara says, Avu, Mistabrad, the Abiyah. The Gemara says, no, from Sevara belongs to the father. Why? The Isan, Kadrach, Maaseyadeh, love the Abiyah. If you're going to say that, the Naara's Maaseyadeh does not belong to the father. Elab. We know that a father has a right to marry off his daughter, to give his daughter over to Chupa, which is an Ara. How would he be able to do such a thing? Which means if Maaseyadeh belonged to her, then a father would never be allowed to marry his daughter off. Because when he marries his daughter off, so already now the Maaseyadeh that she has, she loses. Now it goes to the husband. Which means it would not be in his jurisdiction to marry off his daughter Nisuin, because she's taking away Maaseyadeh of the Nara. Elawat must be the Maaseyadeh of the Nara belongs to the father. So for the, it's, his, it's his right to marry her off, and therefore he's not taking away anything from the daughter. Nothing was coming from the daughter anyway. But if the Maaseyadeh went to the daughter, how would we give rights to marry her off where she's going to lose that Maaseyadeh? So comes the Gemara and says, now how do we know that uh, a father has a right to marry off his daughter? So that she says, can you it? Bitina tati. Which means on that day that uh, he, she gives him, uh, she, she's given over, on that day she doesn't go to work, on that day she's getting married. So she loses uh, that melacha. Uh, so how could the father give over to Chupa and she's going to lose that day of work? And instead, on the day that the, the wedding, she can't go to work that day. So therefore, she, she's being caused a loss by the father. But if you say it's the father's Maaseyah there, she can do whatever he wants. It's his uh, money. So therefore, she's not incurring a loss. So the Gemara says, no. Gemara says, Parikh Rabahai. So Rabahai comes along and answers this question. Emad Yaiv Laschar Pakata. I can tell you that in the case where a father's marrying off his daughter, maybe he has to pay her for the compensation of that day of the lost work, which is maybe the Maaseh there when he goes to the, uh, to the Nara. Ah, you're going to tell me, how can he marry her off? He's going to cause her a loss? He'll compensate her for the loss. Pekata is Batala. I mean, he'll pay her for the day of uh, Batala, the day that she didn't work. Or he married her off at night. Well, you don't go to work at night anyway, so there was no loss. There was no interruption. Or he gave her over on Shabbat and Yom Tov, where there's no work. So Tosfot has a question. How can he give her over to get married on Shabbat and Yom Tov? You're not allowed to get married on Shabbat and Yom Tov. So Tosfot says, we're talking about Shabbat, meaning an hour before Shabbat or an hour before Yom Tov, meaning the Tosefet time. Where already she's not working anyway, right before Shabbat and Yom Tov, where it's permissible to get married. So therefore there was really no Batala. So we're back to the question, how do you know that a Ne'ara Ma'asiyadeah goes to the Father... So the Gemara concludes like this, really by a ketana, we do not need a pasuk to tell me that ketana, the father gets the money. 
you have a sevara. If a guy's allowed to sell his daughter as a ketana, certainly the money's going to go to the uh, the father. The pasuk is coming for a neara, which means really I know it from the chiyim kudet bitole ama. And I'll tell you, I don't need the pasuk to tell me ketana because ketana, of course, the money goes to the father. Because just like he has rights to sell her, of course, the money's going to go to the father. So the hadush of the chiyim kudet bitole ama is specifically for a neara. What? That the ne'ara also the money goes to the father. So again, it's from the extra pasuk. I don't need a pasuk to tell me that ketana the money goes to the father. Of course, look at that sheep. That which you said, maybe the person was only talking about a ketana, it's not a question. Even though the person was talking about a ketana, because it's about selling a ama, you can only sell an ama when she's a ketana. But the hekesh between bat and ama, I'll tell you, is coming to teach you hadush in ne'ara. Because extra person, I don't need to compare a ketana to a uh, 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 ama. So I know if I die, ketana, the money goes to the father. And then the connection between bito and ama is coming to me, even in ne'ara, that the money goes to the father. We said in the Mishnah that what the father has rights to make hafaran nedarim on the daughters nedarim. That's a pasuk written by nedarim, that even though she's a ne'ara, she's still considered bet in the father's house. We compare it kita. The father also has rights to accept the daughter's gift. Right? She will go out, she'll get divorced from one man and get married to another man. So, there's a comparison between going out and coming in. Just like coming in, the father gets it. So, to going out, the father receives the get as well. We said, if let's say the girl inherits from her grandfather, her maternal grandfather, she inherits, let's say, a field, so the father is not allowed to eat perot, eat from those fruit, uh, during the girl's life. Means when she dies, of course, then the father inherits it. But as long as she's alive, the father can sell the fruit and make what's called a sigulab, which means like put it in a trust, and therefore give it to the girl when she uh, gets older. But he cannot benefit from it. Right? The father cannot eat perot as long as the girl is alive. So we have a mahloket. The Biyosef says, indeed, he can what is the machloket over here? I understand. We learned in the Mishnah that a husband is able to eat perot, which means once she gets married, the husband eats from these fruits. So Tanakhma will say like this: I understand the husband The reason why the rabbis gave the husband perot to imken because otherwise he's not going to redeem her. So, which means like this, once already giving him the perot to eat, so now come on, I'm getting a benefit from her, so that'll give him an incentive that she, if she's in captivity, he'll go along and pay money to redeem her. Look at that sheep. Which means, the perkona, the redemption, that's instead of the perot. Which means now he's going to pay for the redemption, whether it's a lot of money or a little money. Which means, if you're going to tell the guy, listen, you can't eat the perot, use these perot for the redemption. So what's going to happen? In the case where she needs to be redeemed, he's only going to use the amount of the perot. He's not going to add to it. 
But now that you gave him rights to eat it right away, so he's eating all these years, so he doesn't even know how much he ate. So therefore, when it comes to the redemption, he's not going to start making a calculation, well, I only ate $100 worth, and now uh, I owe uh, $500. Since you gave him rights to eat immediately, and he already lost track what he ate, so that'll cause him just to pay whatever the amount is. Good. But a father, you don't have to give the father an incentive to redeem his daughter. Tanakhama says that the whole reason of Perot is to give the husband an incentive what, to redeem, to pay for the, uh, to, for the redemption. But a father doesn't need a, 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 an incentive. A father is going to redeem his daughter regardless. So therefore, the father does not get to eat the Perot. The father also needs an incentive, which means if you don't give him the Perot, he's not going to redeem. Why is not going to redeem his daughter? What is he going to say? Savar kisa nakita ilava. He's going to say, well, listen, my daughter has money. She has that money from the estate. She has a pocketbook of uh, money. And therefore, tizav the front of shalat and redeem herself. And therefore, he's going, to, he's going to refrain. So therefore, by giving him the perot, it'll cause the father also to do the redemption. Look at that. She kisa nakte kishma lemaot yishtam b'skulaya. She has the trust. He says, listen, I never benefited from them. I'm going to redeem myself. And what's going to happen? If there's not enough for the trust for the redemption, he's not going to kick in and pay the difference. So therefore, the Hadush is, according to the BOC, you have to give the father the perot also. So if she's ever in captivity, he'll pay the money fully, and he's not going to start making calculations, because since he was eating the perot for so many years already, so therefore he doesn't start calculating how much he ate, he doesn't even know how much he ate. So therefore he'll pay the full amount. He's not going to, you know, uh, not pay the full amount. Comes again, what on says, Nisit, once she gets married, we learned in the Mishnah, Yeter aleha ba'ashu ochil. So comes the Gemaran says, Tanu rabbanan, we have a baraita. Katav la perot kesut vekelim shiavu imam bet abiyah le bet ma'ala. Which is, let's say, you have in the ketubah, the father wrote what's called a nedunya. What is a nedunya? Where it's like a dowry, where the father of the bride says that when you get married, I'm going to give to the husband a different type of perot, kesut, different type of clothes, vessels, and all these type of things. That, that he's committing to a nedunya to the husband. It says, Meta, now what happened? She died. Meaning she died at the time of Irusin. The marriage was not yet consummated. Lo halalu. So the husband does not uh, get these items. He's not zochet to these things. Mishum rebinatan amru halalu. Oh, so rebinatan says, no, already from the time of the Irusin, if she dies, he gets these items. So comes the Gavran says, Let us say that the mahlukat between Tanakaman Rabbi Natan is based on the mahlukat between Rabbi El Azab and Azariah and Rabbanan. Why? Natan, we have a Mishnah. Let's say you have a lady, she became a Almana. Or she got divorced. Whether she got divorced from Nisu'in or Irusin, 
according to the banan, she gets everything. Which means not only does she get her ikar ketubah, but sometimes the husband adds what's called tosefet ketubah. He adds in it more payments. Besides, let's say, the minimum 200 for a betulah, he says, besides the 200, I'm going to add to you extra money. So the hadush of according to the banan is that let's say she gets the most, even from the erusin, she gets the full payment of the ketubah. Or she becomes a widow from the uh, erusin, not only does she get the ikar ketubah, but she also gets the... Tosefet. Rabbi Razar ben Azariah Omer, ben Nisuin, govet akol. Rabbi Razar ben Azariah says, no, ben Nisuin, she gets everything. Ben Nisuin, betulah govet matayim, ve'almanah, maneh. But ben Nisuin, she only gets ikar ketubah. Shelo katav la ela almanat lekonzah. Which means that she, the husband... When he added Tosefet Ketubah, it's only on the in condition that what? She's going to eventually consummate the marriage with a Nisu'in. So, there's no Tosefet given until Nisu'in. But at the time of Erusin, if, if let's say she becomes a widow, she only gets the Ikar Ketubah. So, the Gibbara wants to say, this Mahloket is similar to the Mahloket of the case we just brought between the Hakamim and the Binatan. Let's review that case. That case was a reverse case, where the girl is bringing into the marriage Tosefet. Where the girl is writing in the Ketubah from her father, she's going to give the husband all these extra extra items. So the Gemara says like this, meaning the husband does not get the extra Nidunya at the time of the Irushin, if our wife dies, Meaning, just like she doesn't get the Tosefet at the time of the Erusin, he's not going to get the Nidunya at the time of the Erusin. Umad the opinion that says that if she dies at the time of the Erusin, he gets the full Nidunya, Kerabanan. That say what? That if uh, he dies at the time of Erusin, she gets not only the Ketubah, but she also gets the Tosefet. Let's read that she. Man de Amar lo zakha kerabil azar. De Amar lo katav la ketuba ila amanat le kunsa. Which means, according to Bil Azad, the ketubah is really kicking in at the time of the Nisu'in. Umaneu matam tikkun rabbanan hu di itle inam. So therefore, she only gets what? The 100 or 200 is the ikar ketubah at the time of Erusin. So therefore, inamne, she also, when she's putting stuff in the ketubah, lo katba lo vedan de dunyan arat de ila amanat hibat Nisu'in. Only until it's going to be a complete Nisu'in. So then we want to see whether it's similar to the Kemara says, lo, I can tell you no. I can tell you like this. Hachamim and Rabbi Natan, they were only arguing that she brings into the marriage. But what I can say, both those rabbis will agree to Rabbi Al-Hazar the Tosifat that he's giving to her. That everybody will agree with that the Tosifat doesn't kick in until the time of the Nisu'in. Why? Man de Amar Lozaka. Well, obviously, a coin the opinion that says Lozaka, which means that um, she doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't get the extra until the Nisu'in, that's like Rabbi Azab and Azariah. That what? That she's not going to get the extra until the Nisu'in. So that's for Badai, the same Shita. Uman da Amar Zakha. Oh, but the opinion that says what? Zakha, that already she is Zokhet, that he is Zokhet in the dunya from the time of the Irusin. Ad kan lo kamar bin azam bin azja ela medide ledida. 
When did Rabbi Azar come along and say that the Kitubat doesn't kick in until the Nisu'in? That's only when he's giving to her, which means his Tosefet. He's not giving Tosefet only on the condition what, that they finally get married. But what she's putting in the Kitubat, what her father's putting in the Kitubat of Tosefet, that what? That even at the time of the Irusin already, he can get it. The Mishum. Which means they were giving, he's giving it because they're excited about the union. Which means already there's a union. Which means the hiba of the irusin already, that's why the father's already giving the money. So therefore it comes out according to this Gemara. There's a difference between the way the husband writing Tosefet or where the father is writing Tosefet. The Gemara is saying like this, when the father is writing the Tosefet, that already kicks in at the time of the Irusin. Because he's excited about the union, that they, they, the children are getting married, so he already writes the Ketubah, I'm giving you extra stuff. So if she dies already at the time of the Irusin, already he gets that money. Masha'enken, you can argue that when he's writing Tosefet, then they'll say, no, no, he's writing Tosefet to give her only in the Gabe if there's going to be a final marriage. But if there's no final marriage, he's not committing himself to the Tosefet. So therefore, it could be this Mahloket between the Bilazam and the Banan is not the same Mahloket by the, uh, the Nidunya. Which is, I can tell you, by the Nidunya, they have a machloket, but by the case of the Hatan, everybody will hold like Rabbi Azab and Azariyad, that he's not giving it until the time of uh, Nisu'in. Comes the Gemaran, continues and says, Hayab Mizunotea. Okay, good. So we said what? One of the things that a husband is obligated to his wife is what? Mizunot. He's obligated uh, to, to feed her. So the Gemara says, "Tanu lebanan tiknu mezonotea tachat maasei yadeha." That the reason why he has to give a mezonot, the father, sorry, not the father, the husband. Why does he have to give his wife mezonot tachat maasei yadeha? Because he's getting maasei yadeha. He's getting the uh, her work. She brings in the uh, the work. He, he gets it. As she says, as she know. Right, which means otherwise uh, it's not fair because he's going to get the ma'asiyah there. So since he gets ma'asiyah, so he gives her mizunot. Uh, that was the takana of the hachamim. So Kazi Gemaran says, ukburata tahat ketubata, and the reason why he has to bury, I pay for the burial for the advantage that he gets from the ketubah. Now, what advantage does the husband get from the ketubah? Because the lady brings into the marriage certain nixim milog, certain properties where the husband is able to eat the perot. So as an advantage that he's getting from the Ketubah, he accepts to pay the Kivura. Okay? So let's review. As an advantage that he gets Ma'asiyadeya, her work, so he pays for Mizonot. As an advantage that he gets the Ketubah, meaning the Perot from the Ketubah, so he is going to pay for the funeral. So comes the Gemara says, Tanu Rabbanan, Tiknu Mizonotea Tachat Ma'asiyadeya, Burata Tachat Ketubata Lefichach. Therefore, Ba'al Ochel Perot. Therefore, it says the husband is able to eat perot. So the Gemara says, perot man dechashemayu. Where are you talking about perot? We're talking about ketubah, we're talking, we're talking about kiburah, we're talking about mezonot. Where did you discuss over in this end of this blight? And I say, therefore, the husband eats perot. Who mentioned anything about perot? So the Gemara says, chasurem mehsra vachi ketani. Teknu mezonotea tat maaseyadea. Upirkona tahat perot. Ah, new case. Which means, 
The reason why we let the husband eat the piddle, what's the piddle we're talking about? Let's say she inherited something from my grandfather. So the hadush is that the husband is able to eat the piddle, why? So it'll end up coming to redeem her if she's taken into captivity. And the ketubah, since he gets uh, benefits from the ketubah, that she brings in assets, so he pays for the kiburah. That's why the husband eats the perot. So the Gemara says, "My lefichach." What do you mean? What do you have to tell me lefichach? What are we there for? Because maybe I'll tell you, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be able to eat the perot. Maybe you should just leave the perot on the side and use those perot for the for the ransom. His because maybe we're worried that what if you don't leave it in in in, in, in on the side, he won't redeem. Who, how do you know? Maybe if you let this guy eat them, they're not going to be right. That doesn't come to redemption. Maybe he's not going to redeem. So I would have thought that well, maybe he should leave it in the, on the side to use for redemption. It's better to do it this way. Let him eat immediately. Because maybe the redemption money is not going to be as much as he ate. But by doing it this way, he'll add from his own money to pay for the redemption, which means like we said earlier, which means if you're not going to let the guy eat, you're just going to put it like in an escrow to, to, to wait, so now what happens, you're going to be taken into captivity, they're going to tell the husband, okay, use the perot, so he's going to come, you know what, there's only let's say $100 of perot over here, the, the redeemers want $200, i am not kicking in, you didn't let me eat them, uh, I'm, I'm paying uh, whatever the perot are, but now that you let the guy eat immediately, she's been eating for all this time, you don't even know how much she ate. So therefore he's going to be very generous when it comes to redeeming her. He's just going to pay whatever it is. He's not going to start saying, uh, you know, penny for penny. So therefore the Gemara says, Because you might have thought, well, since the perot is corresponding to the redemption, I might have to leave the perot on the side and don't give him a right to eat them. No, we give him rights to eat them. Because now if the redemption is even more than he ate, he's not gonna, he doesn't even know the calculation anymore. And therefore he's going to pay more. Look at Ashi, Ashi says, Now that he started eating them from the beginning, He don't even know how much he ate because he's been eating for so long. He's going to redeem him from his own money. Which is once already allowing him to eat, so then he's going to pay the redemption as much as he can. That's what the, the Brighton says. Therefore, since it's corresponding to the Pirkona, therefore you let him eat the Perot immediately. Why don't you say the opposite? What do you mean the opposite? We said till now that the Mizonot is connected to Adeha. And the Ketubah, uh, I'm sorry, and the the Kivurah is connected the money that she brings into the Ketubah. Why don't you say the opposite? Why don't you say that the Mizonot is connected the money she brings into the Ketubah? And I'll tell you the Kivurah is connected Ma'asiyadeha. Which is, who told you to set it up like you Look at Ashi, Vipuchana. Mezonot ta'at, actually look at it, the Ashi says a little differently. Mezonot ta'at perot. Okay, he says it totally differently. Let's read Ashi again. Vipuchana, Mezonot, maybe I'll tell you, Mezonot is ta'at perot. Which means, since he benefits from the perot that she might inherit from her grandfather, so let me say that he has to feed her, because he's getting those perot, upirkona, and let me say the redemption... Is ta'at ma'asiyadeha. Why do you say that? Now, what would be the nafkamina? So that she says, nafkamina, di amra eni nizonet ve eni osa, lo klum kamla. 
Normally we have a law that says, a lady can come along and say like this, don't feed me and I'll keep my ma'asiyadayim for myself. Because the only reason why she gives ma'asiyadayim to the husband is because the husband is feeding her. But she has the right to say, any nizonet, I don't want mizonot, and you can keep, and, uh, and, uh, and I keep my ma'asiyadayim. But if you're going to say it this way over here, that mizonot is tahat perot, so now she cannot come along and say that um, uh, any nizonet and keep my ma'asiyadayim. Because mizonot is not connected Ma'asiyadayim. So there's enough coming out if you learn this way. Again, if you say that the mezonot that she's eating is connected with the husband's getting the perot, she would not have a claim, she cannot say, any nizonot ve'enu osei lo'kalum. Because the mezonot is not corresponding to ma'asiyadayim. So the government is asking a question. Who told you that the corresponding payments is mezonot connected ma'asiyadayim and perkona is connected perot? Maybe I'll tell you it's the opposite. So the government says... The Gemara says that uh, the rabbis established common items corresponding common items and not common items corresponding not common items. What does that mean? Mizonot obviously is common. You have to feed your wife. You have mizonot that everybody eats. And Maaseyadea is also Common. She's a lady goes through, she has ma'asiyadayim. So therefore, since those things are common, so therefore they were, they were metakin ma'asiyadayim, keneged the mezonot. Masheenken, pirkona, a lady that's taken into captivity is really not so uh, so common. And a lady bringing into the marriage, nechsim midlog, where the husband's going to be able to eat perot, that's also not so common. So therefore, keneged the not common situation of uh, pirkona, they established that he eats the perot, which is also not such a common situation. Which means they wanted to make sure that mezonot is going to be connected to something that's applicable, something that's very common. In a, in a marriage, it's very common that a lady has ma'asiyadayim, her work. So therefore, since mezonot is common, which he feeds her, and the ma'asiyadayim is, is common, is a normal normal situation. So therefore, they were mitaken, mezonot connected ma'asiyadayim. And pirkonawe, not every lady is taken into captivity, it's an odd case. And for that matter, they, they were mitakin the uh, perot, which is also odd. Not every lady brings a nechsem into the marriage, and therefore they put matsui keneged matsui, and eno matsui keneged eno matsui. Comes the Gemara and continues and says, Amar 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 says, Hi Tana Savar. This Tana holds mezonot midorai. The following Tana holds that when a husband has to feed his wife or pay for his wife's food, that is actually a Torah law. The Tanya, we have a Braita. She'era, the Torah says, the word She'era, that's one of the obligations that a husband has towards his wife. She'era. What is She'era? Elu Mizonot. Oh, the word She'era actually means food. Vechenu Omer, Ba'asher Achenu She'er Ami. The Pasuk is talking about over there, about the leaders of Israel that were eating the food of the nation. And what is it called, the food? She'er. So you see when the Torah says she'era, that an obligation of a husband to his wife is she'era, so you see when the Torah, the husband has to feed his wife. Then the next obligation the Torah says is kesuta, that he has an obligation to clothe her. Kemashma'o? Like, like, like it sounds, kesuta is clothes. So therefore you have she'era is obligation to feed her, kesuta is obligation to clothe her. Onata, that's the third item the Torah mentions. What is onata? Zu ona. That's referring to time. Literally, ona means time. Now, what time are we talking about over here? The time of intimacy, which means it's the obligation of the husband to have a certain amount of time intimately with his wife. How do we know the word ona refers to this type of time? 
אם תענה את בנותיי. כמו שיז לבן, when he caught up with Yaakov Abinu, and he was making the deal with him, and Yaakov Abinu married his daughters, so he came along and said, if you're going to be me'ane, if you're going to literally uh, torture my daughters. Now, what is this, the context of it, that Lavan was saying, you better not torture my daughters. So the uh, simple interpretation, the way that she understands in the Masechet Yomah, is what? That ta'anez minashon ona. Which means he was making sure, make sure you give my daughters the proper time. Which means make sure you give them their ona. What is the ona? The intimate uh, obligation that a husband has to his wife. So Lavan was uh, like making a deal to make sure that Yaakov is going to give his wife the ona. You see the word ona refers to the intimate time. Tosfo learns differently. Because if you don't give a, a, a girl the uh, intimate time, it's inuita. It's a torture time. So he said, make sure you don't torture them. How? By not giving them the, uh, the time. So you see that the word ona was used over there also as a onata lo yigra, which means when it says in the Pesach onata, according to Tosfo, it means do not take away something that would cause her pain. And what would that be? Taking away from her intimate time. Bottom line, you see the word ona is talking about the intimacy. Again, according to Rashi, the, the, the proof from Lavan is onata, meaning imta'anet menotai, meaning make sure you give my girls the, uh, the time, meaning the intimate time, or imta'anet, do not torture them. Which means do not refrain from them uh, something that would cause them torture. And therefore when the Torah says onata, according to Tosafot, it means the item that would cause them pain. What's the item that would cause them pain? If you refrain from them, the intimate time. Rabbi al-Azhar, Rabbi al-Azhar says, she'era zu ona. Oh. The Bi'adah has a different interpretation of the Pasuk. Till now we learned the word She'ira means Mizonot. But according to the Bi'adah Hazar, he says, no, the word She'ira actually is relations. Zu'una. V'chenu omer ish ish ilkul She'ir b'saro lo t'kribu l'garot erva. So you see the word She'ir is used in the Pasuk of Arayot, which means uh, relations. So therefore She'ira is, uh, is talking about uh, Ona. Kisuta, K'mashmoh, again, Kisuta is talking about uh, clothes. Ona ta elu Mizonot. And the word onata is actually referring to the obligation to feed. And the midbar, the pasuk says, You were, you were, uh, uh, literally you were tortured. How were you tortured? Because you were starved. So you see the word ona refers to not having, uh, not having food. So the word onata is actually food. Comes the Gemara gives a third interpretation. The Bi'li'ezm and Yaakov Omer. She'era kisuta. The Gemara puts the words she'era next to kisuta. Why would the Torah put the word she'era next to the word kisuta? Lefum she'era. According to her size, she'era can mean like uh, her flesh. But according to her size, how big she is, ten kisuta. Which means you have to give her the right clothes according to her size. Meaning, you shouldn't give uh, young clothes to an older lady. And not uh, clothes of an old lady to a young girl. Now what's the difference between the two clothes? So that she says, second line, An old lady, she doesn't like to wear heavy clothes. Because the weight of the clothes weighs down on us. She likes to wear very thin clothes. You cannot wear white clothes because it's too uh, heavy. However, But a young girl, she likes to wear flary clothes that are long and, and big. So the person is like, According to her, according to her uh, who she is, or her size, or her age, 
That's what type of kesuta you have to give up. She's old, you give her uh, accordingly. If she's young, you give her accordingly. Now the pasuk says kesuta ve'onata. Right next to the word kisuta, the next word is onata. So we make a connection between the word kisuta and onata to teach me what lefum onata ten kisuta. According to the time, that's the clothes you have to supply her. Exactly. Shelo yiter hadashim bimot hama velo shakim bimot geshamim. You don't give new clothes in the summer because new clothes are still heavy, and if it's too hot to wear new clothes in the summer months. You don't give old clothes in the winter. The old clothes are light and therefore it's going to be too cold for So therefore the Pasuk is saying give her the clothes according to the seasons. Winter clothes in the winter, summer clothes in the summer. Amen.